well, today we're going to continue our series. We're in a series called I Am, and we are going through the seven I Am statements that Jesus makes in the Gospel of John. But before we get started, I need you to help me welcome some very special guests on Sunday mornings, our friends at the Valley of Grace Recovery Center. The men there are joining us online for this series. So come, can you help me welcome all of the men at the Valley of Grace? We welcome you guys. We're so proud of you and uh, praying for you. And uh, I look forward to seeing you soon and coming and visiting you again as we do. Uh, so I am, let's look at where we've been. Uh, we started off when Jesus makes the statement, I am the bread of life. And uh, we talked about bread in the wilderness, bread that multiplied, and Jesus, the bread of life. And Jesus made a claim on the greatest day of the, of the Feast of Tabernacles. And on, the, and on this day of celebration, Jesus stands and makes his claim, hey, I'm the light of the world. And we, so we talked about that. And then, and then uh, we talked about Jesus made the claim that I am the door. In other words, he is the way, the truth, and the life. But also connected to that, that was in John 10, where he says, I'm the door, like a shepherd would sleep in the doorway to uh, the, the sheep pen at night to protect them. Then last week, we talked about how Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And this concept of shepherd is all throughout the Bible, and Jesus is ultimately saying, yeah, I'm him. I'm the one, baby. I'm the good shepherd. And so if you, if you ever want to get caught up on our series, you can always do that, newlife4kokomo.org. All of our messages are archived online there. If you want to get caught up or you need something to listen to on your way to work, uh, you can do that. But today, uh, we are jumping into the I am statement. And like I said, these last three kind of like all like in, intertwine and blend together. And today's I am statement that Jesus makes is I am the way and the truth and the life. And we get this in John 14. Jump there with me. Uh, if you, if you want to read in a Bible today, you can always do that. Um, you can pull out the orange Bible from the, underneath the seat in front of you. And, uh, and, and what we always say is this. If you, if you don't own a Bible, I want you to take that Bible from the seat in front of you, and I want you to write your name in it, take it home with you. We believe that the Word of God is power. And so that is a gift to you from New Life Church. Or uh, you just look at the screen and follow along with me. John 14, too, this is what it says. He says, My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. You know the way. Watch what Thomas says. He says, uh, Lord, he might have been like not paying attention maybe in class. I don't know. He says, Lord, uh, we don't know where you're going. <laughs> so how can we know the way? And Jesus says this. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way. And we just heard a bit ago from our missionary friend, Tiffany, that she is going to the Arab world, and her ministry is to Muslim people. They have a faith, but it's not the way and the truth and the life. There is one way, and Jesus says, I am the way. So Jesus is the way, 
Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. This is why our Muslim friends, we, we, need, to, we need them to, to show them Jesus. Because he is the only way. Jesus is in the exclusive way. He says, no one comes to the Father except through me. You cannot, there is no way that you can say, well, I've been a good person. Well, define good. <laughs> because Paul says, by nature, we are all objects of wrath. In other words, the factory default setting of humanity is we deserve hell. Because we're all born with this cancer called sin that we have, and, and, and scripture says if we've even broken one law of the Lord, we, we're guilty of it all. Like that's a, that's a big deal. So you really can't be good enough, even if you're a good person. There is still an exclusive way, and the way is Jesus. There, and, and so this, there, there's exclusivity to the way. He is the only, only way. So today I'm going to walk through real quick three factors of this exclusive path. Three factors. The first one is this, is that the path is open to everyone. So the, like, its exclusivity is not in that like it, it's picky about who it chooses as if it's some kind of club. Like if you're trying to gain entry into some, to the country club or, 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 or some, uh, you know, maybe, maybe like when you're at the airport and you see all the people in the fancy, like, exclusive, like, like uh, uh, sitting areas, you're like, I want to be in that club, the Sky Club. Like, no, it's exclusive. Like, you have to have a, a certain amount of, of something to gain access to that. And so, but the exclusivity of the Jesus Club is that it's actually open to everyone, everyone. The exclusivity is in that he is the only true way to life. He is the only way. It's exclusive, yet it's for everyone. This is what it says in Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you went through T1, you should have this memorized. It says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And then verse 13 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. Everyone. So the exclusivity that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life is that it is the path is open for everyone, everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord. And uh, did you know that God has a phone number? God has a phone number. Jeremiah 33, 3. This is what it says. Call to me and I will answer. You see, my phone number is not God's phone number. You can call on me and I'm probably not going to answer. Let that baby go to voicemail. Unless I know you, I'm, I'll answer. This is call to me and I will answer and tell you great and unsearchable things you don't know. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It is for everyone, for every Muslim for every man, woman, and child, 
Jesus is the way, and it's for everyone. And the church should start looking a little bit like everyone. Everyone that calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is what it says in the 14th verse in Romans, the very next verse, it says, how then? How can they call on the name of the Lord? How can they call on him if, the, if they don't believe in it? Well, and, and how can they believe in the one of, of whom they have not even heard? And how can they hear if someone's not telling them, if someone's not preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless you leave the rows of your church? You got to talk about, you got to do Jesus things in more places than just this place. How are they going to hear if, if, unless someone is sent? And it, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet who bring good news. You know what the gospel means? It means good news. So here's the thing. The pathway is open to everyone. And all who call in the name of the Lord will be saved. All. They will. The gospel is the power of God for salvation. But how can they call on a name they don't even know yet? And, and how, can, how can they even know the name if they haven't heard it? And how do they hear it if no one's telling it to them? And how no one's telling it to them because no one is, is going to them and, and saying it and preaching it, communicating it. Listen, gee, this exclusive path of Jesus is a big deal. It's a big deal. And we are not to be silent on this any longer. I think to be silent about our faith and sharing Jesus is a crime. The Bible says it like this. It's, it's as though you find water in the desert and you say nothing to no one else. It, it's almost like like the man who, 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 whose harvest was so plentiful that he became wealthy overnight. And he's like, what am I going to do with all this wealth? He said, I, I know what I'll do. I'm going to tear down all my barns. And I'm going to build bigger ones. I'm going to fill them, and I'm going to retire. And Jesus says, I'm going to kill you. Tonight, you die. Because that's how he feels about greed. But listen, I may not have a lot of money. I'm okay with that. But when I found Jesus, I hit the jackpot. I hit the eternal jackpot when I found Jesus. And how dare I strike that kind of gold and keep it to myself? It's to be given away freely. What if I told you that I found somebody that all you have to do is call their number and ask them nicely and mean it and they will pay off your mortgage. No questions asked. If you just call and ask, they'll pay your mortgage off. That's pretty cool. And what if I told you that I've known about this for years and years and years and I'm just now letting you in on this little secret? Well, well, imagine the weightiness of your mortgage compared to the weightiness of sin. Your mortgage might hold you down for 30 years, but sin will hold you down for an eternity. 
but yet there's a name you can call upon and have the debt of sin canceled for free, and it is for everyone. But they have to hear it. they got to know the name to call upon. So let's just commit right now, New Life Church, that the gospel is a big enough deal to us because we recognize what it did for us, that we will not be the one that struck water in the desert and stay silent, but we will communicate the gospel to the world around us. And one, one small way you can do that is this Easter, bring somebody with you. Invite some, people are more likely to go to church on Easter than any other Sunday in the year. So on your way out of church this morning, out in the lobby, go, go to that table in the lobby and grab one of our Easter invite cards. Grab some of those. Invite a neighbor. Invite a friend. Invite a coworker. Invite somebody that you meet out in the marketplace. Invite somebody. Not, it's not just about inviting them to church. It's inviting them to the way. Because okay, here's my promise. If you invite them to church, we'll give them the gospel too. We will. So, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The path is open to everyone, but everyone has to know the path is open. Three factors of this exclusive path. One, the path is open to everyone. And two, the path has no pre-qualifications. Just turn to God. I wish people would know this. You don't have to pre-qualify for this debt cancellation. There's no paperwork to file. I don't, we don't need to see. It's not like you're applying for the loan for, for, to, for your mortgage in the first place. They don't need to see your, God doesn't need to see your bank records. He doesn't need to see your income statements and pay stubs. In other words, God doesn't need to see, do you have a good track record that you are worthy to have your debt canceled? There's no pre-qualifications for forgiveness, except one thing, turn to God. Turn to, there's a, there, we have a word for this, this motion of turning, and the word is repentance. That when you turn to God, you're turning away from the, you're away from the sin that has caused you the indebtedness. You're turning away from the old life, and you're turning toward God and that simple turn that simple movement of repentance I'm going to leave that life I'm going to follow it that simple turn God says I will just cancel everything you've ever done every bad check you've ever written every mistake you've ever made all that sinful indebtedness taken care of because you called on me and you turned Turn towards God. It's what it says in Ezekiel 33. It says, Son of man, say to the Israelites, this is what you are saying. Our offenses and sins, look, weigh us down. And we are wasting away because of them. How then can we live? Say to them, as surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Did you hear that? God takes no pleasure in the death 
of the wicked. And many people think that Father God is God the, is, is the Godfather. <laughs> and like, oh, he's just this mean guy. He takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather, rather that they turn. That they turn from their ways, and what happens then? They live. God doesn't take pleasure in seeing wicked people perish because even the wicked people perishing are his own children. He would rather see them turn. In other words, if they continue being wicked, they will get wicked results. But he and he prays that they will make one simple movement, that they would turn. They would repent. And by doing so, that they would live declares the Lord. This is what he says. Turn. Turn! Turn from your evil ways. Will you die, people of Israel? Turn. Turn, turn, turn. I don't take pleasure in seeing you hurt. God doesn't take pleasure in seeing people fail. He doesn't take pleasure in seeing the world going to hell. He doesn't take pleasure in that. Instead, God's call to humanity is turn. Turn from your ways and turn to me. Why die? Just turn. There's a fork in the road. There's only two ways to turn. Every life has two ways to turn. Your ways or turn, turn towards God. Any turn that is not towards God is a turn towards ultimately death. You have to make the turn towards God. You have to make the turn. God is saying, why die? Just turn. He looks at every person stuck in bondage Every person stuck in denial and, and, in, and every critic, every, every person that is entrapped by sin, he's saying, why die from this? Just come to me. Just make, turn, make the, just turn the corner towards me. Well, I got, but you don't understand my track record. I'm, I'm not pre-qualified for the turn. He goes, well, there is no pre-qualification just turn. I'm the gate and it's wide open. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Just turn. We don't understand. It's just too exclusive. That's only for certain kinds of people. That's for church people. That's for people that have their lives together. There's no pre-qualifications. And it's for everyone. Just turn towards me. So what, this is what it says in, in the 12th verse in Ezekiel says, if someone who was righteous disobeys, that person's former righteousness will count for nothing. Let that be a little bit of a nudge to those of us that are maybe too comfortable in the pew. And if someone who is wicked turns, repents, that person's former wickedness will not 
bring condemnation. Just turn. Turn. The 14th verse. It says, And if I say to a wicked person, you will surely die. But then they turn away from their sin and they do what is right and just. None of their sins, none of the sins that person has committed will be remembered against them. None. And what did they do? They just turned away from sin and turned towards God. Why die? Just turn. Why die? A death of eternal condemnation when if you just repent, turn away, turn towards God, none of that will be remembered. And none of that will condemn you. Just turn. There's a fork in the road, and there's only two ways to turn. To God or from God. And the choice, the choice is ours. The choice is yours. Why die? Three factors of this exclusive path that Jesus is the way, He's the truth and the life. The path is, remember, it's open to everyone. The path has no pre qualifications, just turn. And three, the path is true. It's true. That sounds too good to be true. It's for everyone, pre qualifications, no, no loan application for this, this debt payoff. No, none. Just turn away and turn towards God. Many times people, I think deep down, and I've met so many people that are on a spiritual journey (laughs) of trying to discover their better self, trying to discover if there is a higher power, and they, they go on this spiritual journey of just trying all kinds of things and I just want to be like, but did you try Jesus yet? And because I think every spiritual journey should start with Christianity and then, and then go from there. But, but you sh- I think you have to start with Christianity for these four reasons. That Christianity is, is testable. Christ- uh, it, salvation is free. I mean, why not start there? Start, start where it's free. Uh, uh, because you could end up you know, working your way through another religion and realizing, oh, I'm still, I'm still messed up inside. Uh, Christianity has a worldview that actually fits reality. And Jesus is central in Christianity. And so uh, this path is true. And if you want to find out it's true, if you're, or if you're trying to find out what is true, start with Christianity. Um. Christianity is testable. In other words, you can offer evidence for it and against it. 1 Corinthians, is, this is what it says, it's not on your screen, but it says, and if Christ had not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. So if the resurrection isn't true, you're dismissed. 
We don't have to be here. It's for nothing. So this really matters. The evidence really matters. If the resurrection isn't true, we can all just go home. So it means something, and the evidence matters. You can test it. Not all religions can say the same. Not all religions can say they can be tested and found true. Not all religions can say that you can discover the evidence. But we have evidence. Take the journey. Christianity is testable. Again, salvation is free. This is unique to Christianity. All other religions, salvation is not free. One must work for it or take steps to accomplish salvation or give some kind of payment to, for salvation in some way. But Ephesians says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God. Salvation is free. All other religions, man is trying to please God but Christianity is the only religion where God accomplishes salvation for man and not the other way around. So if, if you want to find out if this is true, you should start with Christianity if you're trying to find truth. So why not start your journey exploring that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life? Christianity, I believe, has the greatest world fit. Christianity points, uh, a, a paints a picture of, of the world in a way that matches the way the world really is. The, uh, Christianity includes evil, pain, and suffering. It's real. And there's other religions that push all that stuff aside as illusions. It's not real. But look what the Bible says in Revelation 21.4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death and no more mourning or crying or pain for the older uh, for the old order of things has passed away. So the scriptures of the Bible provide a real worldview. From creation to revelation, it's a real worldview fit. And sometimes uh, when people ask me, uh, are you a Christian? I'm like, well, if you want to call it Christianity, sure, then yeah, I'm a Christian. But what I would say is, I just figured out reality. It's not like I chose Christianity from a magazine or, or from Amazon Prime. Like, like I went shopping around for other religions and I, I ended up on Christianity. Like, I like this one the best. No, like for me, uh, sure, if you want to call it Christianity, that's fine. But to me, I just live in reality. The reality of that, Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. I woke up to reality, and that's why I'm a Christian. I woke up to the reality that I'm not by accident. God created me for purpose. I woke up to the reality that I could never be good enough on my own. I needed a savior. I woke up to that reality. I woke up to the reality that I couldn't defeat my struggles by myself, that I needed someone else. Maybe someone that could overcome death, hell, and the grave and then give me the liberty and freedom. I woke up to that reality, and that's why I follow Jesus. And I can tell you, he is the way, the truth, and the life. It's exclusive. It's the only way, but it's for everyone. There's no brief qualifications. You just have to choose them. You have to turn. And it is the true path.
So I just say, I live in reality and that Jesus is the way. Another reason why if you're searching for truth, the true path to start with Christianity is because Jesus is the central figure of our faith. Jesus, I don't know if you realize this, but Jesus is the universal religious figure of the whole world. Think about it. Many Buddhists believe that Jesus is the incarnation of the Buddha himself. Many Hindus believe that he is the incarnation or avatar of issue, a holy man. Muslims believe that Jesus is a figure greater than Muhammad himself, that Jesus was born of a virgin, performed miracles, and he will stand with Allah at the scales of justice at the end of time. Jesus is a significant figure in Islam. Jesus is the most mentioned person in the Quran. So Jesus is the central figure of many world religions. So why not start with Christianity because he's our central figure. And when you do that, you'll realize, you'll begin to see how the differences between Christianity and some of the other religions have a Uh, their similarities are not as important as their differences. And what we end up with is understanding a reality. He is the only way and the truth and the life. So these four reasons, that Christianity is testable, salvation is free, has a fitting worldview, and that Jesus is at the center are reasons why, why if someone is to take the journey to find out what's true that you need to start with Christianity. So the path is open to everyone. The path has no pre-qualifications. Just turn. And the path is true. It's truth. And my prayer all the time is that people will wake up to the reality He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one else comes to the Father except through him. So the question that I asked earlier, and I want to ask again, is just simply this. Why die? Why die? Turn. May this be your perspective as you go out into the marketplace this week and you encounter maybe family members, friends, co-workers, people that you are connected with in the community, that you would see the world and just look at people and be like, why should they die? They just need to turn. If they just call the name, they call upon God, they, everyone, will be saved. And then may it occur to you, how will they believe in the one if they have not heard? How will they hear if no one's talking to them about it? How are people going to talk to them about it if we only talk about Jesus things with our Jesus friends, with our Jesus, in our Jesus place? It has to go beyond that. This has to become really core in what it means to live the Christian life, that it's beyond ourselves, but it is that we are God's plan for the salvation of the person that we're praying for. We're his plan. Because how are they going to believe? How are they going to hear if no one's talking to them? Oh, I'm supposed to be the one talking to them. You're supposed to be the one talking to them. And for you today, if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus before, 
Why die? Why die? Just turn away from your ways. Turn away from the sin. Turn towards God. Here's the beautiful thing about how God has kind of structured this to work is you don't have to do it alone either. You don't have to do that journey alone. Find a good local church that preaches his word and you'll find relationship with people that will help you in that journey. Sometimes people don't want to make a decision to turn because they don't know all the directions. Listen, when I'm going somewhere new, I just plug in the address into my GPS. I know one turn at a time. Turn left, 1.5 miles. That's the only thing I'm worried about. I don't know what my next turn is, I'm just, I'm, but I'm gonna wait for the next instruction. And you may not know the next 10 turns. You may not know the answer to the 10 questions you have about God, but what you can know is this. Why die? Take your first turn. That first turn is away from sin and turn towards God. And all those other questions that you haven't figured out yet, the answers are coming. It it will happen through discovery. It's a part of the journey. And one day you'll look back and you'll realize how different you are. Why die? Just turn. Let's stand to our feet today. So I want to end real quick with just a word of prayer and then I'm going to dismiss you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you would say, Devin, I've never made the decision to turn away from what I've been doing and turn towards God, you can do that today. Like, there's no pre-qualifications. It's just turning to him. It's simply choosing God and choosing to turn away from your old life. It's super simple. You just call his number. You call on his name. And we do that by prayer. Prayer is how we call on the Lord. And you, we pray. We confess, God, I've not been living right. I want to live right. If you believe in your heart that Jesus is the way, then guess what? You will be saved. You'll get a brand new life. You'll get a second chance. And all your mistakes and failures and all the stuff that weighs you down will be canceled, never to be remembered. So if that's what you want today, if you say, Pastor Devin, I've not been living right, I need to make a turn towards God today. With every head bow, every eye closed, would you just lift a hand just higher than your shoulder so I can see it? And when, lift your hand, thank you. Just say, that's a prayer I need today. I need to turn towards God, thank you. So now we're gonna call on the Lord. Again, it's, the way you do that is with prayer. And I'm going to pray. You can make your prayer sound like my prayer, but you can make it sound like your own too. In the quietness of your heart, this is what it sounds like. Lord, I realize that I, I'm not living right. I'm messed up. I'm depressed. I'm full of worry and anxiety. 
I'm full of anger and hatred, and I know it's not right. And I need a fresh start. I need to be forgiven of that. I need it to be not remembered. And to do so, Lord, I confess that I'm the sinner, you're the Savior, and I'm going to turn towards you today. And would you can't help me to, would you forgive my sin, all my mistakes, and help me with whatever my next steps are. I don't know the next 10 turns, but I know my first turn is towards you. And that's what I need today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you prayed a prayer like that today, it may not feel it, but everything just changed. Every failure and mistake and sin, forgiven. And you may not feel that, and you also may not hear this. You may not hear that all of heaven just threw a party because you made the turn. So New Life, can we put your hands together for those that prayed a prayer like that to turn towards God today? Hey, and on your way out, I'm serious, grab an invite card, invite somebody to Easter with you here in just two weeks, and uh, be the voice for people to make the turn. God bless. We'll see you in life groups this week, if not before.